It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Welcome in to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C. Sherbert here with you along with Phil Mullinax. Phil, can you hear me? I can hear you, sir. Are you having trouble hearing me? Muted. I'm going to take that as a yes. <laughs> I can hear you. Okay, good. I have a sound off there. I don't know why the it was down. <laughs> I guess I was doing some video last night and hit, it, hit the mute button. Welcome in. It is Thursday. November 3rd, uh, again, J.C. Sherbert, Phil Mullinax is inside the Gamecocks of the show. We got Chris Phillips coming up from the Spurs Up show at the bottom of the hour for the weekly high-energy segment. Uh, just a programming note uh, for those that like to catch me on the Spurs Up show. I uh, got a text from Chris last night. I'm actually doing that tomorrow following uh, the show. Usually Thursdays, it's back-to-back, but uh, we're jumping on on Friday. So it's a good way for me to end my week uh, with Chris, and uh, he'll, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say. Uh, a lot of talk about the Marcus Satterfield press conference yesterday. Um, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> you know, kind of at a loss at this point. Uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Craiger points out maybe he's just trolling us all. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. know that if uh, I, I just honest to goodness, I, I, I don't know what's up with those press conferences, but uh, I kind of started tuning in more. Than I used to because I, I, you know, before anything was sort of, uh, <clears throat> you know, things were just kind of trucking right along. I, I kind of didn't get a whole lot out of them. Mm -hmm. But now I think people are hanging on every word. And I was talking to Keith Alsup, I think, the other day or last night, actually. And we were talking about things. And I said, you know, Clayton White, and I, th I think I said this on the show, he has the best job of anybody because <laughs> everybody's tuning in to hear what Sad has to say, like jumping on every word and, you know, then Pete, then Pete Limbo is like a superstar, you know, right, and everybody right. wants to listen to that anyway. So Clayton just gets to get in there and answer questions for six or seven minutes and relax. And, uh, you know, he's on the Vandy. But, uh, you know, everybody else is like, we're on the Vanderbilt. We're on the Vanderbilt. Uh, Commodores and Gamecocks uh, kick off 7.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, in Nashville. Uh, I know a lot of my friends, including Margo, who's in the chat box, is Made their way to Nashville. My buddy Jan, I think, is going too. Uh, that's the crew that I was in Lexington with. And certainly, it almost makes my heart hurt, Phil, to not be there. Oh, I know. I know. Because yeah. I had just such a great time with those guys last time. And uh, such a great crew. And um, Nashville such a great place. Like I said, lived there seven years. Lived there four years. Uh, three years and then four. So, two different stints in the music city. Uh, and I've often uh, thought about going back. You know, because it's a pretty cool place to live, but it's gotten way too expensive. It's almost like uh, Austin, Texas now. Uh, yeah, everybody, right, Greenville. <laughs> yeah, or Greenville. Yeah, Greenville's about the, as high end as I'm going to go. You know, I'm like, wow, you know, because it's it's expensive enough. But, uh, yeah, Nashville's really grown. Great place to live, though. Really super nice people there. And you just get a good feeling in that city when you're in it, I think, with the rolling hills and the churches and the – country music and the laid back he all thank you ma'ams and the honky tonks and all that good stuff so uh shout out to all the gamecocks that are making their way to music city for the game this weekend poll question today 
and it's rare that I can do a memory question like this um, because there's there's usually uh, more losses that will fit into a poll. <laughs> but Gamecocks have lost to Vandy four times, all time. So, and every one of them was brutal, I thought. Uh, 1998 was the first one. Zola Davis, I think, caught 14 passes that night in Nashville. Gamecocks lost 17-14. That just, just about sealed the deal for Mr. Bradley Scott. Uh, the Gamecocks, I'll never forget 99. I was at this game. I was actually a student at Carolina in 99. And uh, my buddy Skipper and I went to the, the Vandy game. It was a night game. Uh, the Gamecocks lost 11-10 to 10 and I think had – a two-point conversion and a safety or two safeties, something like that in the game. It was ugly, uh, the ugliest football game I've ever seen. And I think everybody knew at that point with like Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson left on the schedule that that was kind of it. You know, that, that was that was the last chance at victory uh, that year. The <laughs> offer was coming for Lou. Uh, but 11 to 10, I, I think Carolina played – Kyle Crabb at quarterback most of that game. I mean, it was it was a brutally tough game. Kyle played all right that night, but uh, eleven to ten, uh, it went down. I think Woody Wiedenhofer was the coach at Vandy. Did one of my favorite coach names of all time, Woody Wiedenhofer. That's a good one. Um, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a heck. It sounds like the Vandy coach's name, Woody Wiedenhofer. It's like Wally Rigendorf from Necessary Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Robert Lozia. Gosh. Robert Loggia had the best line in Independence Day that I'll, I'll always remember because he was in that. He was like, give me the Secretary of Defense. Then wake him. Then wake him. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Then wake him. <laughs> it gets lost on me sometimes. Robert Loggia was in Scarface. You don't think, we don't think about that, but, but he was. No, you're right. Yeah. He was, mm-hmm. he was, he was, a, he was a big part in Scarface. So, yeah, hello to my little friend. Anyway. Um, so so uh, anyway, so eleven to ten. All right. So then in, in, they don't lose again till two, uh, till oh seven. And I was at that game, unfortunately, as well, Phil. And uh, <laughs> the Gamecocks were sixth in the country at the time, and for some reason, Vandy came in and beat them seventeen six at home. Yeah. A day, one of those day games, kind of a little bit like that Missouri game the other day, where it's like you know, get things are trucking right along, and then all of a sudden, some team comes to town and stops you dead in your tracks. Uh, this is life in the SEC. And then the final loss, the last time they lost was 08, and I was at that one as well. <laughs> I've seen three of these four games, right, uh, in Nashville. Thursday night game, really good football game. And I, Vandy had a pretty good football team that year. I think they did go to a bowl under Bobby Johnson that season. Gamecocks fall 24-17. to 17. <clears throat> I've always thought that 08 team was Spurrier's worst, even though – for some reason, they got to the Outback Bowl um, <laughs> at seven and five. Uh, it was just one of those years in the league. Um, you know, I, I thought that team was a little worse than the 07 team that missed a bowl at six and six, but, uh, you know, just kind of with the way it ended and stuff like that. So, which loss was the worst to Vandy? There's four of them. I, I voted for 07 simply because that ultimately cost the Gamecocks a bowl. The Gamecocks were six in the country. Uh, that facilitated some sort of collapse. Uh, there's always talk about what happened in the locker room at halftime of the game before that in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Carolina was up 21-3. They survive North Carolina 21-15, and that was the last time that team won in 07. And there, there were some some brutally tough losses, right? Oh, yeah. uh, Tennessee was a uh, overtime game. Clemson was a last-second field goal they lost. 
Arkansas rushed for a million yards and beat them. Uh, Florida Tebow came to town and, and, and beat him up pretty good. But uh, that 017, that was that was a that was the big, that was an ominous sign that 07 loss. But they're all brutal. I mean, I I, I was deflated in '99 because you just knew, yeah, Lou's not going to win a game his first year. All this all this talk about Lou Holtz coming in, talk of the country. Gamecocks go 0 11. Brutal. Stared it in the face. <laughs> stayed, stayed it was still full. Um, all right, so we got Chris Phillips kind of bottom of the hour. Nana Sports chat box, as always, is rocking. Jared goes, we're on to Vandy. We're on to Vandy. <laughs> we're, we're on to Vanderbilt. We're on to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Um, Crager goes, honest to God, thanks, Sats, trolling us with these answers. Uh, you and Bell hug every day. I'm pretty sure he hates your guts. <laughs> Fired up. I don't know, man. I mean, Bell can be frustrated, but still, you know, have respect and love for his coach. You know, that's, uh, uh, coaching and and the actual person are different, you know. So yeah, uh, Carolina Titans said. Then he said Jaheim was one of his favorite players. He's definitely trolling. <laughs> uh, RB says Tony's article on TBS this morning is a fantastic must read for everyone. I have not called it yet. I'm sure it I is. Saw that. Yeah. Is it uh, Tony's stuff is VIP though, so I'm mean, not going to get into too many details. But yeah, if if yeah. you can go read it because it's yeah. uh, striking. <laughs> striking. Um, Margo said saw lots of Gamecock fans on my flight from Charleston. Yeah, that's a sweet uh, Southwest flight from Charleston, uh, direct to Nashville. They used to go direct to Greenville Spartanburg. I love that when I because I was living in Nashville at the time, man. You're talking about a 40 minute flight compared to like a six and a half hour drive. Oh yeah, because there's mm-hmm. there's no good way to get to Nashville for from the from South Carolina. You either have to go to Atlanta and go up, or you have to go up through the mountains and over. And because because the mountains are right there, if they had an interstate that ran directly from Greenville to Chattanooga all the way up I 24, it'd probably be a three and a half hour drive, but. It's not. So the flight was nice because you just go over, over the mountains. But they discontinued that, but they still go uh, back and forth to Charleston because everybody likes to go to Charleston. Charleston. You know, and there's not much. Nobody's clamoring to go from Nashville to Greenville, but uh, Charleston. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Let's go to Charleston. Let's get in the plane and go to Charleston. Hey, they have flights, direct flights on Southwest from Chicago to Charleston. Yeah, I want to go to Charleston. Wow. And give me some shrimp. Go see Bill <laughs> Murray. Go see Bill Murray, right? Mm-hmm. Poor, poor Bill Murray. Um, cynical says Satterfield doesn't have the answers. He's over his head, but we can only hope for the best until a change can be made. He also says, good morning, JC and Phil. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Um, Joseph says, in a nightmare universe, would you rather have Satter Roper? Uh, Kurt Roper. Yeah, Kurt Roper at this point, I think, uh, through 21 games at least, you yeah. know what you're going to get. And Yeah, I mean, R- Roper's problem was a – Problems were on game day as well, but it was a little different. At least, at least when he decided to just call the offense instead of having his quarterback do it, he, mm-hmm. and he could actually do it. It was a, you know, it's the David Cutcliffe system, so it's a college offense or whatever. Um, Ed says, "Who you got, Coastal or App State?" Mm. Mm. I'm going to. I'm going Coastal. I'll probably have to go Coastal too. Boy, the Sun Belt's a good league. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's really competitive. The fun belt, yeah, a lot of it's good teams in that belt. league. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go App State. Oh, I think they recapture the magic. That's right. Pull that defense together and slow yeah. them down. Mm-hmm. Get, the, get that magic back together. Um, J Rock says 
Jaheim's my favorite player. He's digging that hole deeper. <laughs> Bell better be on the field at least 75% of the snaps and get 10 touches or he's going to look even more silly. That was, uh, you know, that, that kind of scares me too because then it was like next thing you know, he's handing it to Jaheim every other play, trying to throw it, trying to force the ball to him and be mm. like, see, you know, well – <laughs> Did that work for you? <laughs> you can't force the. I mean, you know, you can't. You can't lick your finger and put it in the wind and go. Oh, everybody wants me to do this, so I'll do that. Just yeah. ignore it, man. Mm-hmm. Just, just do your job. <laughs> just, Some of the stuff he said, like you know, they're in the rally package or whatever. It was like, why is that not when you're down and need a score? have your absolute best players on it. I mean, obviously personnel are his issues. He just doesn't know how to use what he's got, but I just, it, the, the answers that he gave yesterday were just. So, so infuriating. Jaheim's not in the rally package. Yeah. That was the, that was what, you know, Sat said in the press conference yesterday was like, we were in our rally package and, uh, you know, rally. and you know, he's like, we didn't really get to run the plays that we had, worked on all week because we were having to run tempo i'm like well damn if you're having to go fast wouldn't you want to run the ones that you've been practicing all freaking week <laughs> <laughs> we didn't practice them to go fast anyway yeah well, yeah right <laughs> I, I think phil the term rally package is going to end up in gamecock infamy sort oh, yeah. of like all the muschampisms like vertical field position <laughs> yeah. and gap control and then like uh, yeah. lorenzo ward's post safety like like Lorenzo Ward's like he's a post safety and nobody ever knew what that was. I, I think you could throw rally package into that list of <laughs> phrases that Gamecock fans cringe when they hear uh, rally package. You know, he's not in the rally pack. I mean, what what, what what how do we get in the rally package? You know, how, yeah. how do we? What do we do? What are we doing there? We just draw names. All right, these are guys in the rally package this week, but I just don't know. Uh, I, mean, I don't even know if you have a rally. It didn't look like it to me. I mean, they weren't, weren't going any – I didn't think they were going really fast. I mean, you know, yeah. um, still kind of shuffling guys in and out. But uh, Two plays without a substitution is not tempo, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're only down 14. I mean, it's the first quarter. I don't know. I'm just not good. I'm just not good. Uh, Margo says that, uh, Margo went to basketball or kept up the basketball scrimmage last night and said, um, he thinks she thinks the Gamecocks men's basketball team will win 20 games. Nice. Hey. Likes Lamont Paris a lot. So, Hey, I think a lot of people would love that. Mm-hmm. Um, also I looked at says, his starting five last night against, uh, Mars Hill. And I was like, now look at the Carolina coach who knows how to put his best players on the <laughs> at the same time. Margo says, JC, just heard from a good source that Lloyd is out and Bell will replace him. I heard Lloyd was healthy this week, but who knows? Something may have come up. Um, Seth says, stick your face in the fan and like it. And Krager says, he's got a leg. Yeah, there there are a lot of Will Muschamp-isms. You know, uh, he bends well. Rally package meme, <laughs> uh, all that good stuff. Someone kick him in the rally package. Uh, Joseph says, I'm having a hard time with Sad. He could recruit as a friend to Shane. So could he be that terrible? What if he has a eureka moment and things start clicking? Well, I think we'd all be fine with that. 
You know, I don't think anybody's going to complain if that happens. But, I mean, and it could happen this weekend, but then what's going to happen at Florida? I mean, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, data through 21 games you can kind of get to with him. and uh, I'd love it. I'd love it if, uh, you know, it did turn. I mean, because uh, – and everybody's sitting here going, hey, you remember that time that, you know, everybody was wanting to fire Marcus Satterfield? <laughs> I wish. I, I All wish. those were the days. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <yeah>. you know. <laughs> Jared says, do either of you guys, J.C. Phil, try to make any hoops games? I'll go to some if I'm around. Um, I also uh, watch almost all of them. Of course, last night was not available uh, to watch on, on streaming, but uh, the, all the games just are. And, and I watch. I watch every one of them. I love love uh, basketball. You know, I, I love watching the sport. I love, I love watching baseball too. I don't. You know, since I haven't worked in basketball or baseball a whole lot, other than the Big Spur covers it, and I, I talk about it on the Gamecock end. Uh, you know, I'm obviously a little more immersed in the football world, but uh, I, I, I'll, I'll talk about it. We'll have guests and stuff, and we'll rock and roll and keep going through. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, uh, pretty nice uh, exhibition last night uh, for Lamont Paris and his group. And like I said, there there are a lot of people that that you know are impressed with him and uh, think they could have a surprisingly good year. I mean. South Carolina basketball typically is picked between 11th and 14th in the league anyway. I mean, I think the final four team was picked 10th, and they were like, this could be a good year. Really? <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, I mean, and Frank Frank was, Frank was Martin was a master of the SEC standings. I mean, he, he, he always finished in the top five or six every single year, then – Unfortunately, no postseason. It's a postseason. His face in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you know, you'd be like the you get the double buy in the SEC tournament and not go anywhere afterwards. And uh, you know, and if and it was Frank, Frank Frank's big bugaboo was the SEC tournament. He just mm-hmm. they could not win in that tournament for whatever reason. Um, it's kind of funny you lose in the SEC all the time, but well, the one time you get to the NCAA, you go all the way to the Final Four. Um, it's kind of one of those things, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this team. I mean, Michi Johnson, uh, I heard is pretty good. Uh, you know, I think Gigi Jackson obviously is a ball player. Hayden Brown, I, th- I don't think he's back yet from injury. Um, you know, I think that, he that's warmed kind of up thing. last night, but I don't know if he played. Yeah. Yeah. So they got to get him back, but, uh, it could be a good group. I mean, I, I think, I think there's something to be said for being picked last <laughs> Oh, for sure. Coming yeah. out with a chip on your shoulder and stuff and uh, and all that. And I, and I think Gigi Jackson, you know, as good as he is, is a, is a really good um, – some guys like that are not good teammates. You know, the, these elite basketball guys. I mean, we've seen that around the league. Ben Simmons comes to mind for LSU <laughs> a few years back. Um but I don't think Ben Simmons is a very good teammate now. No, uh, I don't think so either. But, <laughs> it's like but, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this: I think Gigi, I think Gigi is a good teammate, and I think that's that's important. You know, I think he's going to play good team basketball, and uh, you know, th- this this team has a shot. You know, we'll see what happens. It, it's uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of little like what I call. Uh, winnable, not winnable, passable tests early, 
you know, uh, because it's not easy. They don't play a bunch of cupcakes, but they don't, they don't, they're not like going up to Syracuse and playing or, you know, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Uh, they, uh, you know, they got, uh, you know, the Clemson, they got SE State and Clemson. Clemson's early this year. Uh, it's only 11th. So it's South Carolina plays Clemson in basketball one week from tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Friday yeah, night. The season on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. yeah. SC yeah. State. SC mm-hmm. State. And, uh, so, you know, Clemson's early. Then they play that Thanksgiving tournament in Charleston, which has uh, a lot of coaches that everybody talked about during the search. You know, I think Furman is in that 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 tournament. Colorado State's in that tournament. Uh, I think College of Charleston's in that tournament. Virginia Tech, I think, is in that tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe not. Maybe so. Mike Young. Um, and so there's chances to get some nice wins that will help your net ranking there. Uh, they go to Georgetown. Uh, I think they go to Georgetown and George Washington. Uh, yeah, Sonder, the Charleston Classic. Mm-hmm. That's it. Now, I don't have it in front of me. and I, I, My brain has been on football, so I, I didn't really do any research before this. But since we're going to talk hoops, we'll talk hoops. But, uh, yeah, the, the Charleston Classic is supposed to be good. Yeah, keep in mind, everybody talks about Michi Johnson. This kid was a top 100 recruit when he went mm-hmm. to Ohio State. I mean, four-star, top 100 guy. Uh, things just didn't work out for whatever reason. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes guys go elsewhere and play pretty well. You know, like I think Jermaine Cousinard is going to probably have a pretty good year for Oregon uh, this year. And then the uh, the two kids Frank took with him to UMass, probably pretty good for UMass as well. Um, sure. Ashley says, love the way Lamont let his players play loose on offense. Michi was incredibly fun to watch. Yeah, I'll nice. say this, Ashley. That's going to be a big difference. Okay, so from what I can – from what I can do, uh, from what I can tell, from, from what I've been told, is Lamont Paris's defensive structure in basketball uh, is similar to Frank Martin's. You know, assignment, rigid, get out there, get in the face, guard. The, you know, the offense is a lot different uh, because, like, what Frank liked to do is call plays, and he's, he's almost like a football coach, and a lot of basketball coaches are like this. Um, and it worked because I thought, I don't, you know – Say what you want about Frank Martin's teams and how they shot the ball. I mean, he he was good at coaching guys to get open and for shots and stuff like that. And, um, you know, so that's – uh, but the difference here is, like, Lamont Paris is much more of a freestyle motion-type offense based on concepts and things. So the guys can play more free. Uh, and so it may be a little more fun. It probably be more fun to watch uh, from a fan's perspective. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Zach, is there any smoke to Clayton White and Beamer having tension since Beamer throws everyone else under the bus in order to defend Sat? I, I don't know that Beamer does that. I, I think Beamer, well, I, you know, Beamer's right in that, you know, when you lose a football game, you, you don't just lose it because of one group. Um, the defense wasn't perfect the other day. Uh, I think that's more of, of Beamer's team concept than him trying to throw people under the bus to defend Sat. I know it seems that way, and I understand why you feel that way. I just don't think that's the intent. In fact, I, I know it's not. It's it's he's just trying to. This whole thing is about keeping this team together for four, the next four games. Okay, yeah. keep this team's got football to play. You would like to go compete in them and win them. Uh, keep everybody together. It's a team win, team lose. Teams win together, they lose together. Whatever. Um, Tim says, hey, what would the Muschamp era look like if G.A. Mangus and Bobby Bentley would have been a co-coordinator tag team in the offense? I wouldn't mind seeing it now, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
It would have been interesting. Those, that's for sure. Yeah. Those two are a little different from each other in terms of, of what they – I mean, it's not – it's still – both are good offenses. They're a lot different than each other uh, as far as that goes. But, you know, the good thing about Bentley, if he was a co-coordinator – I mean, the, the question would also be who calls it in that situation. And I don't know. I don't think I could just I – don't, I don't know that I'd pick one over the – I'd have a hard – that would blow my mind because I think a lot of both guys um, – and both can call plays really good. Um, but, you know, I, I guess it could work in, in a sense that GA coaches quarterbacks and Bentley can coach anything, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. So, I don't know. Um, I, I think if Muschamp had made the decision to just hand the offense to Bentley when he got here because uh, he didn't retain GA uh, or it kept GA because GA was the OC in, in 2015 and the team played pretty good down the stretch. Um, I think that that era may have turned out a lot differently. Of course, if you don't get Bobby and you hand it to GA, well, Bobby maybe would have come as an assistant anyway. Uh, but Jake, you know, as long as Jake comes, because Jake really was the difference, you know, those first couple of years, it, it would have been, I mean, it's, you know, Muschamp knows that. He, he knows that, uh, you know, it, it, it was one of those things where I think he set out to kind of prove a point about Roper and it blew up on him. And then, you know, the BMAC thing, uh, the experiment worked for a while until it didn't. And then he finally went and got a guy that was just a no brainer. And by that point, the pandemic hit, there was a bad quarterback situation and there was no receivers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, it was just one of those things. Oh, Krager says Cousinard's out with a knee. Okay. He's got a knee. He's got a knee. He, he's got a knee. Um, Krager says, look out for Hank and Sanford and freshman Zachary Davis too. Yeah. Those are two kids that, that Frank mm-hmm. actually signed that, um, you know, they're pretty high on the Zach Davis kids, like a six, eight guard from state of South Carolina. Uh, and then, um, Hank and Sanford's from Charlotte is big six, eight, 250 pound kids. So, uh, that's it. Well, I can't believe well, we spent the first 30 minutes talking about everybody's two favorite subjects, sat and hoops <laughs> and basketball. That's right. Basketball. That's right. Yes. That's, that's mm-hmm. a good basketball thing. So, uh, anyway, well, uh, we're going to get a break here and get Chris in for, his high energy segment. Chris Phillips Spurs Up show coming up next after these messages on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope's State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you 
with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccerfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. What's up, this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss at Coldwell Banker Kane Realty. Give Cindy a call for all your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. We're joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Morning, Chris. How you feeling? Boys, what's going on? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Super. <laughs> is that a Spurs Up Show helmet? Dude, it is, man. Yeah. <laughs> you never you never seen this? I have never seen that. My, that good, is... my good friend, shout out Travis Ward, a.k.a. Cocky Lids. You've probably seen him on Instagram. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, did the full, full get up. Man. This is a gift. 
So yeah, this is. I love you, that, dude. Hey, you could you could suit up and go play in this bad boy. So. It, hey, it's it's authentic. It's it's it's. Yeah. I, I like the got face. The visor got the visor. Everything. <laughs> I, I want I wanted to be as close to Connor Shaw as much as possible. Shaw's my guy. Shaw's the goat. So yep. uh, yeah, yeah, man, we got the. I love that, man. I love nice. that. Um. Okay, so lots of Marcus Satterfield talk this week. I've. <laughs> been kind of following some of the stuff that, uh, that, that this is that, that's this has been there. this has been therapy week hasn't it like normally yes. i joke you know half joke i say okay live show on a monday after a loss therapy monday this has been therapy week like true yes <laughs> does, does it does it kind of feel like guys it feels like we're going into this vandy game it, it's you know it's obviously a bigger game than say an sc state or a charlotte or whatever but similar to like how those games you just couldn't win by enough, you know, to appease the fan base. And people were still uh, coming out of those games disgruntled. Like, I don't know if you can beat Vandy by enough. You know what I mean? In a game that, you know, I feel like it's probably going to be sloppy. Like, I, I, I don't think. I mean, I think this football team kind of is who it is. I don't know. I don't know if you guys would agree, but it, it almost just feels like, you know, if you win Saturday, you get to six, you get to bowl eligibility. I, I, I still think Gamecock fans are going to be damn near just as frustrated no matter what. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but but it but it's pivotal. It's pivotal that we get these extra weeks of practice. I think after the Clemson, oh yeah, bowl. That's oh, for the thing. sure. It's like yeah. yeah, you can hold this team together. You can do so much for recruiting on how you yeah. act immediately yeah. after Clemson, and then you know yeah. get to a bowl game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Vanderbilt's got uh, the worst defense in the SEC, uh, mm-hmm. but they've also played Alabama and Georgia. I mean, they've yeah, but Alabama and Ole Miss and Ole and Miss. Miss, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, play they play pretty well at Missouri uh, on defense. They, they've got pretty good players and a good scheme of things. Uh, I've been impressed with their offense this year because normally, historically, when Vandy's up or when they're trending up, I, I think I don't think they're up right now. I think they're better than winless. Or well, let, let, yeah. let's let, let's hope they're that they stay winless for a little bit. Um, I've been impressed with the way they played offense. I, I think their two quarterback systems clicking. Uh, Mike Wright, of course, gave the Gamecocks fits last year. They didn't. Yeah. Uh, they didn't know he was starting, and he comes in, and he's a dual-threat guy. The freshman looks good. They have receivers, including Jaden McGowan from Lawrence, who's a freshman uh, from South Carolina up there. is really fast, kind of like an Amari and Brown type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to come in intimidated by the Gamecocks by any stretch, but I do think that uh, the Gamecocks are the better football team and, and, and should win and, and should, should be uh, successful on offense Saturday night. Yeah, I would think so as well. I mean, again, JC, you just highlighted that Vandy's got the worst defense in the SEC, and that's uh, that's with a pass defense. It's giving up 317.8 yards per game through the air. Uh, I mean, listen, if Spencer Rattler and company can't get it going against the Commodores, I mean, <laughs> what, what is there what is there really left to say? You know, it's so funny, guys, what's been ringing in my head, and this just shows you my inner child, if you will, but you might recall in Shrek 2 when Shrek and Donkey and Fiona are on the way to far, far away. And donkey's doing the that 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 sound whatever, and Shrek yeah yeah Shrek just stops. He's like he's like for five minutes. Could you not be yourself? And that's my message to Marcus Satterfield this week. For, for one game, could you just not be yourself? You know, I, I expect them to force feed the football to Jaheim Bell. Uh, I love the tweet from Brad Crawford earlier this week. I'm going to paraphrase it, but I think he said something like, uh, don't be surprised if on the first series Jaheim Bell gets three direct snaps and he might even kick the punt just to prove a point. Uh, so I think it's going to be heavy dosage of Jaheim Bell. I mean, again, you feel like you should be able to take advantage in the passing game. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard. I'm starting to hear some rumblings on maybe the status of Marshawn Lloyd. Is it 
questionable, what have you. I, you know, that could throw a wrench in the offense. But either way, you should be able to get the running game going. And then defensively, I, I don't worry too much about the defense. You know, I know the kid, the quarterback, he's done really well for them. A.J. Swan, I mean, you look, eight touchdowns, one interception. It's crazy looking at the quarterback numbers, right? Swan and Rattler side by side, and you're like, this doesn't – something doesn't feel right here. But Swan's played really good football for them. You know, one of my key matchups in this game actually is uh, stopping Ray Davis, the running back, 4.2 per carry, four touchdowns, been solid for them, averaging 70.5 per game. And then, you know, Will Shepard leading on the outside. You mentioned McGowan, obviously – and then and Fernie Orgy for them on defense. I mean, really a fantastic player. I mean, you think yeah. of Andy and you, you know, you may roll your eyes and scoff, but Orgy, Orgy's a next level talent. I mean, he's a big time dude. Had, I think, 13 tackles against Alabama, something like that. So, uh, like you mentioned, you know, Vandy will come in. Uh, they'll be confident, you know, at some point. I mean, the Gamecocks have won 13 in a row, but I guess maybe on the Vandy side of things, they might look at that as like, hey, we're due, right? <laughs> like, we're overly due. So, um, you know, and it's funny, guys, you know, normally coming off that loss to Mizzou, you'd be really fearful of a night game in the SEC. But when it's Vanderbilt Stadium and probably 75% of the stadium will be painted garnet and black, I, I don't know that it plays nearly as much of a factor in this ball game. But, uh, listen, I like Clark Lee. I think he's doing a good job thus far in Nashville. And, uh, you know, listen, the streak will end at some point. Vanderbilt will one day beat the Gamecocks in football yet again. You just hope it's not Saturday. Yeah, it's not it's not a good time. I mean, you know, for Vanderbilt, no. they didn't call back. I was like, look, this is not a good time to end. If this, you, you know? if you thought if you thought this week was bad on Twitter, go mess around Ooh. and lose to the Commodores. We all Dad. we all might need a we all might need might a couple of days. Take a take a breather. Everybody just take a breather. Back back away from the ledge. You're going to be like a Owen Wilson and Wedding Crashers reading the Don't Kill Myself books. <laughs> <laughs> look, man, I. Uh, I uh, seriously, uh, I, I'll flip it to Bama LSU. I will watch the tide and the tide. And I won't blame you. And I won't. Yeah. And I won't blame you. I don't think anybody. Well, I, will, I, I will. I will not. I will not sit through anything like that, even if it's on TV. Um, you know, I, I think that it is an opportunity to get the passing game going. But we say that every week, and you know, it seems to me like after the Missouri loss, and and, and we've, you know, you've done it. I've done it. You know, I, I kind of backed off. Uh, I was highly critical of the offensive coordinator last year. I backed off, was going to give it a shot. Um, they beat Kentucky. As long as they were winning, you know, right. uh, we all we all had our issues with it. But winning they, cures you know, all. Winning cures they all. They still yeah. won, you know. But, yeah. I mean, that was just, you know, it, it just – there was just no – it just didn't seem like there was a plan beyond – you know, let Marshawn go do it himself against Missouri. I mean, after he went out, I mean, I, yeah. I don't think these press conferences do Satterfield any favors. Um, you know, you started talking about rally mode yesterday and, and the rally package. And I'm like, is Jaheim Bell not in the rally package? I mean, how do you, how do you get, do you draw names, you know, to get in the rally package? I mean, that I think rally package is going to end up, I said this earlier, uh, just kind of like uh, the, some of the Muschampisms. You know, uh, stick your face in the fan and like it. Right. Uh, going all the way back to Lorenzo <laughs> Ward and the post safety, I think rally package is going to end up on the pile of, of Gamecock phrases that, that we kind of makes us cringe down the road. Yeah. No, oh, for sure. I'm, I'm cringing right now hearing you and I'm just reliving it. You know, it's funny, guys. The, uh, the podcast that I dropped yesterday, you know, after the Tuesday presser, it's so interesting. Like when you're winning, you know, th those press conferences, are, they're, they're nice to tune into. We tune into them every week. But after you lose, it's like every word is being picked apart, right? Every statement. And 
Tuesday did not disappoint, right? From the players to Shane Beamer himself and and then Marcus Satterfield. I mean, I, God bless him taking the podium every week. I mean, it, it, it is just a <laughs> I got respect it's for a, that. It's, really it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mess. It's a mess. Um, and, yeah, the whole rally package thing and, and, and just some of the things. The rally package. I, I I don't know. You know, hopefully we don't get down two scores because, sure enough, we're not going to see Jaheim Bell in the game because here comes the rally package. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what they've, what they've done, the mismanagement of Jaheim Bell has been borderline criminal. Uh, I mean, I made a clip weeks. I, I made a clip the week of the, I guess it was the week of the SC state game. Yeah. Cause I was in the mountains and I said that what, what, what Marcus Satterfield has done with Jaheim Bell, just go straight to jail. Don't, don't collect $200. Don't pass go, right. Just go straight to jail for what he's done. And, and I've had some people, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's very few, but there's some that say, you know, well, maybe Jaheim Bell is just overrated. He's not as good as we <laughs> thought. It, listen, even if, even if you want to say that, he's one of the best players on this offense. That's for sure. I, I mean, mm-hmm. there's no debate. He might not be an All-American. He might not be first team All-SEC. But he's one of the best players on this team for sure. So, yeah. you know, I, well, I, I just – you, you, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say my argument for that, Chris, this year is it was like, well, you know, how can you make that determination with such a small sample size? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. 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 And, I mean, and, you know, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, too, about the offense. And, and I know, like you mentioned, JC, it's we're saying the same thing every week. Like, well, we'll just wait and see. And, you know, I, I said I've actually already recorded the show for tomorrow. So, I mean, I, I uh, you know, I, I said that this is kind of the I don't, I don't want to say put up or shut up, but it's it's, you know, rubber meets the road type deal. I mean, we've already hit that point, but I'm not a bench Spencer Rattler guy at this point, just because I, I don't really believe there's an answer waiting in the wings. But man, if you get to halftime in Nashville and it's like the last three games where you've got like a hundred yards of offense, I, I'm not going to blame anybody for, for calling for something. I, I just, you know what I mean? Like there's, you're going to reach a breaking point. How, how you know, how can you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again? You know what I mean? If you reach that point. So th- there's, there'll be no excuse. You know, I, give Missouri credit. I think maybe did we maybe overlook them a little bit? I, I don't know that we really did, but I think Missouri was even better than we thought defensively. Vanderbilt is not that. I mean, they, they, and I know who they've played. You mentioned JC, they played good competition, but this Vanderbilt defense is one you should be able to have some success against. Now, now I, I have my expectations that it will be an ugly, sloppy game like we've seen all year. You know, despite what Marcus Satterfield wants to say that we're an offense that's still molding ourselves. No, I kind of think you are what you are. You know what I mean? There's four games to go. I mean, you've had you've had all a spring ball, you've had all a summer, you've had all a fall camp, and you've had eight games, and we're still molding. Now you kind of are what you are. You know what that I mean? Was- so, that was a frustrating, frustrating. I mean, game. it's it's ridiculous. It, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's 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 absurd. And you know, I I was someone that I was kind of like you, JC. Heck, I even bit my tongue. I, I gave Marcus Satterfield the benefit of the doubt after last year. I was like, hey, personnel wasn't there. Let's see what he can do with all these new pieces. And and uh, you know, Mizzou, I think obviously what, what was the breaking point for me. Where you know, I, but I mean, we we knew it, right? Like you mentioned, winning cures all. After Texas A and M, after Kentucky, you looked at it and said. You know, this is fun, Beamer ball to the moon, but South Carolina probably needs to go a different direction offensively after the season. Because realistically, it's just it, it wasn't sustainable how they were winning. We knew they were going to get exposed at some point. I think we just didn't know it'd be against Mizzou. So, um, you know, luckily, I think for the Gamecocks, you're not really playing a team this week. Uh, and, I, and I don't say this as disrespect to Vandy, but, but you're not playing Tennessee. You're not playing Georgia. You're not playing Clemson or Alabama where they're going to, 
expose all your weaknesses and flaws. I think maybe you can cheat death yet again this week and get that sixth win. So, uh, but unfortunately, I think it's just going to be another ugly slugfest, sputter your way to a victory. <laughs> it's just kind of what we've seen all year. Very, very on brand for this team. Yeah, there's been there've been a lot of ugly wins over Vandy through the years. There's oh been yeah, a lot of dominant dominant wins. I mean, it just. It's a, it's one of those series where the, the game guys have kind of had to beat them back. I mean, especially last year, Vanderbilt should have won that football game. I mean, you know, the, the big oh, stop yeah. Yeah. Uh, told them to the field goal at the end of it. For some reason, Clark Lee goes into a prevent defense, and uh, Zeb, you know, darts them all Zeb down the field. They won. The uh, wins and win. You know, I, I'd take that. Uh, I'd take that, that. I would. I would take that tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, very interesting talking about we're still molding and building and figuring it out. Uh, I thought yeah. I, I've, I've kind of gotten that sense from him uh, in the media a, a lot that, that maybe he thinks that this is some 10 year rebuild and that, right. you know, you, you, you have all this time uh, you don't in college football. Uh, you know, and, well, and uh, I, and I thought it was yeah. interesting when he, to that point you just made JC, when he said like, it's Spencer's first year. And I'm like, it, I'm like, is he expecting he and Spencer are going to be back together next year? Because I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't know I didn't know that was the plan. I, I thought the plan was you're going to get him to the league. So apparently that wasn't in Sat's plan. I, I mean, I, I just yeah, it, it's mind blowing to say the least. I feel like everybody was on the same page except for Sat, who's in his own universe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I just don't I don't think you I mean if you look around you I mean you know you, you want to win as many games as possible as soon as you possibly can right. that's just the way it is it's the Southeastern Conference you know and I got that sense last year that oh you know that they thought that oh or he thought specifically I got all this time to build and college football these days you just don't have it and, and yeah. it, it, it it sinks the whole ship when you can't score yeah. and look the shame of it is this right. South Carolina has a good opportunistic defense. I don't think it's an elite defense. I think it's right. going to continue to get better as they recruit and, and the system continues to evolve and, and, and Clayton White evolves and, 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 you know, they get more players and stuff like that. I think they're, I think they're, they're good now, better days ahead. Probably. <clears throat> I think that um, special teams are elite, obviously some of the best right. in the country. Uh, they're making plays and, and, and teams that are good on defense, that force turnovers that are opportunistic, that are also elite on special teams and win that phase nearly every game, even if you're not a block and a punt or whatever, they can have just a good offense. They're usually hard to beat. They win a lot of games. And so the good news is uh, when you look at it from a, a big picture perspective, this program is ahead of schedule, I think, defensively and on special teams. I think talent-wise on offense, they got players. Um, I just think there's one thing that needs to be fixed. So if you're looking for kind of a silver lining, you know, two out of three phases of the game, South Carolina's dramatically improved over the past two years. Yeah. Uh, and then they just got to fix the offense. And, and you see examples of it, you know, talk, looking ahead to next season or after the Clemson game or whatever uh, around the country where uh, a, a – a, program will make a change at a coordinator spot and it'll it'll turn everything around um yeah. i think we saw that at clemson when uh, Dabo Swinney hired chad morris uh yeah. back in 2011 you look at the offense they ran under napier in 2010 it was pedestrian <laughs> uh and then the next year morris comes in and makes taj boyd into a superstar and, and they're going up and on the field on everybody except south carolina so uh or florida state but um mm -hmm. you know I, I think that's the good news is there's a fix out there 
and the rest of the program is in good shape. I'm not saying the defense is going to be elite and dominant next year or whatever. I'm saying that side of the ball's consistent, solid, whatever. Special teams obviously are great. You know, I, I just think they need that on, on offense to, to really kind of put it all together and, and get to that next level where they're not struggling to get to a ball. What's so funny about that, JC, is I think Gamecock fans would prefer the defense be the problem. I, I, <laughs> like, I, think, I think if Carolina was scoring – 40 a game had the exact same record, but we're scoring 40 a game and the defense was, was lackluster. I think fans would almost prefer that because right now, I mean, I'm sure you, you've obviously got a great feeling you, you and Phil both got a great feel on the, on the fan base and you hear and see things. And there's so much PTSD from the Muschamp era. It's wild. I, yeah, I mean, we would, yeah. like people, people feel like this is following the exact same course. And it's like, it's, it's, if we're calling it a spade, a spade, it's unfair. Like Shane Beamer should not have to pay the price for the mistakes made by people before him. He shouldn't have that unfair judgment on him. But Gamecock fans, we're just we're human beings. You know what I mean? Like we, we've just been through the ringer. You know, it's like anybody in a relationship, right? Like you've just been put through it. Unfortunately, that the newest person you're in a relationship with, they have to suffer, right? Or that baggage follows. You know what I mean? It's baggage, that, yeah. It's yeah. baggage. It's, it's just this. It's this emotional damage. It's this baggage that Gamecock fans are are carrying along with them. So, um, yeah. I mean that 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 you know that that is. Uh, that is one way to look at it for sure. That defense and special teams are ahead of schedule, and if they can get the offense rolling, I mean, you got those two those two facets already. You know, they are ready to complement it. But uh, you know, I I, I don't think it's going to happen. Obviously, on, on on the timetable that most fans would would like, that would prefer. I mean, listen, I'd make the move right now. You have to think though and remind people it's it's not quite as simple. Like, there's things that have to happen behind closed doors. It's a business. You know, it, it's not as simple as just you know, canceling Marcus Satterfield's key card and he just can't get the building like the, like the funny Jets Jets video where the guy's like, oh, they cut me. You know what I mean? It's not like he's just going to show up and he can't get in. It's like, oh, by the way, you're fired. Like, you got to go. So, I mean, it's not like, quite like that Will, easy. Willie Mays Hayes, they, they take him and make him sleep outside. <laughs> like, right, right. It's, it's you're gone. Not, not quite that simple, but uh, – yeah, I mean, I, I think we all we all know what needs to happen, and uh, I, I think you know, a lot of it is just a shame because you, you think it's. I mean, guys, it's wild that you're five and three right now with the offense you have. I mean, if I'd have told you over the summer, hey, going into game number nine, these are going to be Spencer Rattler stats. I think most would have picked us to be two and one six. And, I mean, two and six one and seven. I mean, yeah. true, truly, I mean, truly. So, or, or that, or. Luke Doty was the starting quarterback. I mean, like he'd have been benched, you know. So uh, the fact that they have a potential to punch their ticket to a bowl game, you know, this weekend with with all things considered, is is pretty miraculous. So, um, but you know, getting the offense going, it's an offensive game. I mean, you know, what's scary is I do feel like I'm repeating myself things I said two, three years ago uh, amidst the the must champ air. It's like, well, we we need to have a good offense. I feel like I'm stating the obvious, and and then and then you know the playoff rankings come out and. You're seeing Tennessee, Georgia, Clemson, all that. And it's just like we are living in the midst of hell right now. This is a Gamecock fan's nightmare. So, <laughs> so, but, you know, I, I think the, the, the good news, guys, is this. The sky's not falling. As long as moves can be made after the season, sky's not falling. You can punch your ticket to a bowl game this weekend, which, you know what, you can roll your eyes, you can scoff, and I, I don't really give a damn what a Clemson fan wants to say or any rival fan Going to a bowl game in year two of Shane Beamer. Going to a bowl game at South Carolina is still an achievement. Look at the history of the program, right? You haven't been to that many. You've won much less. So 
you know, let's let's not like just shoot it down, like go into a bowl game, right? You can continue to build momentum. You got a really good recruiting class. You know, let's let let's give Shane Beamer the opportunity to make the adjustments, right? It's the middle of year two. You know, the, the sky's not falling. We shouldn't burn the program down. Uh, you know, we just had a tough loss to Mizzou, and it was ugly. And uh, you know, hopefully that serves as the as the final you know decision maker for Beamer, if you will, after the season to do what's necessary. Yeah, Chris, it's an interesting point. You look at the teams in the SEC with the uh, the, the recent batch of coaching changes, and they, they've right. you know Arkansas's gotten and South Carolina's gotten better. They've ascended, right? Uh, they've gone from four and eight to, to whatever, seven to six, you know, probably a bowl again this year. But you look at Arkansas, you look at Ole Miss, you look at uh, Tennessee, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi State has, has beaten how many ranked teams since Leach has been there. All those programs made coaching changes, and they've all ascended because of offense. I mean, Tennessee was seven and six last year, just like the Gamecocks. But look at the different narratives in the offseason. Uh, and it's because Tennessee put a lot of points on the board and People want to see that in South Carolina. You know, struggle to score a lot. But, uh, you know, so I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, after all the bad offenses under Muschamp and then uh, toward the end of Spurrier, you know, sometimes things didn't go so well either. I mean, people are tired of not seeing uh, points on the board. Um, all right, so final thoughts about this Vandy game this weekend. And uh, we'll see, uh, you know, see what happens and, and talk with you next week. Uh, tomorrow. I'll be on Spurs yeah. Up Show right? tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow, right. and I and I'll and I'll go ahead and spoil it early. By the way, since you did this last week, JC on my show, I'll go ahead. Like I said, I've already recorded tomorrow's podcast. I do have Carolina getting the win. I kind of spoiled it too in my best bet Wednesday. I do think the Gamecocks cover. I think they get the W. Force feed Jaheim Bell the football. I'm not worried about the defense. They will take care of Vandy offensively. I think I don't think Vandy really has the weapons to uh, for the explosive plays or anything like that. I think it's going to be ugly. I, I think a lot of fans will still be disgruntled. I got Carolina winning 26 to 13. I think it's just one of those sloppy games, but I do think Carolina covers are the more talented team. I think you see a team come out with a different attitude, right? Zach Pickens had the comment about, you know, maybe we relaxed a little bit. We feel like we had arrived at five and two. I will say one thing this football program's done a really good job under Beamer. I feel like when they lose, they respond to adversity the right way. The only time they've lost back-to-back games was earlier this season, Arkansas, and then, I mean, Georgia, which, I mean, it, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that just – that one's tough. So, they've done a good job, I think, responding to adversity. I think they'll do that again. I think you'll see this team return more so to playing with that tenacity, swagger, edge we saw against Kentucky at A&M. And, uh, again, it won't be pretty, but it'll be on brand for this team, but they'll get the dub and, most you know, most importantly, win the ball game and, and move to six and three. So – Six and three, and a third uh, be a third SEC win of the year. Fourteenth straight over Vandy in Nashville. Well, Chris, uh, in a row. really mm-hmm. enjoyed this today. As always, looking forward to talking to you tomorrow, man. And uh, have a good show today. And uh, you know, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. JC, Phil, y'all take care. I appreciate the opportunity, man. No problem, yes, Chris. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Really love, uh, really love his segments. Always good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, man, he just takes it and goes, and I, I can just sit here and like think about what I'm going to have for for lunch and and, and all that. I'm kidding. I, I actually, li- I actually like I like listening to him. I think I think he's entertaining and informative. But uh, mm-hmm. so some days, like uh, when I got back from Kentucky, I didn't have a voice. You know, having Chris on helps me save my voice. You know, and Keith and, and all of our wonderful guests, we certainly appreciate it. Um, okay, so this is a good point about Brian has a great point about. Uh, sap and, and getting rid of him now. And I got fired up about this yesterday about 
everybody's kind of whiny McGriny about well, why didn't he do it now? You know, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. it, got, it got to me, but uh, Brian says that's only a problem if he's back next year. It's a bad look to recruits and future OC hires. If you pull his play calling duties, it creates the appearance of instability, which is never good. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll add to this, Brian's absolutely right, but I'll also add that it creates instability within the current team and organization consistency. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, anytime, like whether or not people are mad about their playing time or whatnot, you know, uh, Shane Beamer preaches togetherness, brotherhood, all that. And, and, and the players buy into that. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, when you talk about the culture, that's what it is. And, and I think making a, you know, a, a dramatic move like that shakes that a little bit and, and decreases your chances of having any success at all the next four games. Um, not saying that somebody on staff couldn't, you know, if, if, if it happened on, during the open date, couldn't dial them up better or whatever. Um, I, I'd be curious as to who, uh, but, <laughs> you know, cause I haven't seen a lot of these guys call plays, but, um, you know, I, I, I just I understand completely where he's Shane's coming from on this, and uh, you know what, uh, what 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 you know why there's not heads rolling right now, uh, and that's all I'll say. Um, Trung, yo JC and Phil love the show. Been listening for a long time. I'll try to text back during the show, man. Thanks for what you do. Thank you, Trung. Yeah, thank that's you. That's a newbie in the Nana's Porch chat box. Nice. Uh, by the way, congratulations again to Nana's Porch for being named one of the uh, best food trucks in the Charlotte area. Uh, and I say Charlotte, that's where they're based out of, but they go all over the state, so don't, don't be afraid to call them and uh, use them. Uh, but I got a text from my man Chris about it, uh, who runs Nana's Porch, and very proud of that. And, you know, I, I think that's the most dramatic commercial I've cut. Their 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 excellence is unrivaled. I think I said unrivaled, unrivaled. Yes. unrivaled. Um, it's uh, going to be a pretty that, competitive uh, food truck market too, JC. That's Charlotte, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's and it's catering and stuff. And uh, man, I'll tell you, uh, I'm probably going to get hitched next summer uh, down there in, in the old Palmetto State, right? And Nana's Porch is going to cater. I mean, we're going to do chicken bog and Low Country Boil and all that good stuff. It's going to be in South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised because she was like, why don't we just get married in South? And I was like, oh, God, don't tip me. Don't tease me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't tease me. <laughs> I got to go get married amongst my people. <laughs> you know? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be bad if she, we, she was like, let's get married amongst my people. And we had to go to Thailand for the wedding. But I can think of worse places to do that yeah. than go to Thailand. It'd be like the hangover. What, what was the hangover two? Was that in Bangkok? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Those yeah. sequels were awful, by the way. I've never yeah. been more disappointed in, in sequels than the, the Hangover sequels. Because the first one, I laughed from beginning to end. Yes. The first yeah, one was yeah. epic. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the second and third one were just, I'm just like, these guys are just getting a paycheck. You know? <laughs> right. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure years from now, we'll wax nostalgic about it a little bit. Like the Back to the Future sequels now are better than they were. You know? No, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, a Biff is. <laughs> well, I think that's because you have a frame of reference now, because you know the sequel, you know, Back to the Future Two was we've we've already passed that time now. We've <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like well, it didn't look anything like that. <laughs> Do you know the Jetsons was set in twenty twenty two? Yes, yeah. I was, uh, oh god, I was reading something about the Jetsons. But, uh, yeah, I was like, well, yeah, we missed that one. <laughs> 
Jane Jetson or Wilma Flintstone or Betty Rose? Those, that, 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 I'll throw that question out for the chat box. Wilma Flintstone, <laughs> Betty Rubble, Jane Jetson. I know Judy. Judy Jetson's kind of, but she's the daughter. So well, she was the daughter. Yeah. Let's go with wives, since you know we're old married guys here. Um, <laughs> and so everybody, tell me of the three. Anyway, oh, got to get a break. Top of the hour. Back right back. We're gonna wrap some up. Uh, wrap wrap up some stuff in the Nana Sports chat box and also the I Help Consulting mailbag. In hour number two, more interaction, more takes. Uh, thanks again to Chris Phillips. Great segment from him. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, oh, Saunders, Ch- Ch- Saunders, the first one to chime in. And also Phil's going to tell you about how to win a gift basket with your predictions um, and all that good stuff. Uh, Saunders says, Betty Rubble, no competition. Uh, and Greg says, first time listener, seen JC on the Spurs Up show. See? Hey, we have a nice little cross section there. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for tuning in. Certainly appreciate you guys being here uh, and all that. So we'll be back after this. Phil's going to tell you how to win a gift bag. He's going to tell you about our sponsors. Uh, He's got to get on Twitter and make a prediction to get the gift bag. And uh, he'll tell you when we get back or box, gift box. It's not coming to bag, gift box. Uh, And we'll be back after these messages on Inside the Game Cost the Ship. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email csearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. 
Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good Southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The second hour of the show is presented to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email at a Burgesson. That's a b e r g e s o n at remax.net for your commercial or investment real estate needs. We, uh, oh, our promotion. That's right. Don't forget, everybody, we are running a Twitter uh, contest for uh, score predictions. Uh, sponsored, of course, by Sawyer Nix of the Mental Edge fame every week here on the show. Uh, rules of the contest are pretty simple. Tweet us, uh, tagging us as well as Sawyer, and you must follow Sawyer and the Big Spur Pod on Twitter uh, with your score predictions for the Vandy game. And closest one wins a Carolina Rise prize package. Comes with a hat, a shirt, a koozie, and some kind of autograph, something too, JC. Yeah, autograph baseball yeah. from a Gamecock baseball player. And Whatever some we can put in the box. <laughs> Billy G's barbecue sauce. Okay. Oh, man. I would have put the barbecue sauce on there if I'd have known. I wish I could win. And some rub. I, I, I'll send some rub, too. And actually, I'll, I'll, Phil, I'll send you some Billy G's rub just, just for being Phil. No. I got to get you. Yeah, I got to I got to get you some Carolina Rise stuff anyway and, and, and all that in the mail and think, some other wonder, things. Um, the next time you talk to him, see if he's got a retail outlet up up in my neck of the woods. <laughs> I think they're at Lowe's Foods, and that's out oh, in that really? Five Forks area. You know, oh, downstairs. there's actually one, yeah, closer to me. They put one in Greer, so I can, oh, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, Lowe's mm-hmm. Foods is awesome, but they don't have them up here. Um, Smith says a real South Carolina wedding is what y'all need, JC, and I think that's what we're doing. It. Saunders says, "Don't get married, in Charleston. You have to give up an arm, leg, and firstborn child to afford the venue." I'm going to tell you, it's nothing like Chicago. Right up here, everybody gets paid. You know, you, you got to pay the napkin guy, the napkin insurance guy. You got to pay the tablecloth cleaner. You got to pay everybody. I mean, every, in this town, everybody gets paid. It's like, oh, boss, all that. You, yeah. like, you, you, can't, you can't just go like put a shed up in your backyard. You got to get four types of permits. And, and and pay the 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 it's it's I could get into that all day. Sonder goes Betty Rubble, no competition. Uh, 
Yeah, man. Sometimes, like, like I grew up. I, I think I learned how to be an adult in some ways, or thought that's what adulthood would be like with the Flintstones. Like, you know, my best friend would live next door. We'd go to the rock quarry every day. Yeah, the bowling hey, league. Hey. <laughs> Come on, Bonnie. Let's go. Let's go. The Twinkle. I had a nickname like Twinkle Toes Sherbert. You know. <laughs> Down Bonnie. to the lodge, yeah. Bonnie, Bonnie. <laughs> oh, yo, yeah, Freddie boy, yeah, Freddie boy. Hey, hey, Fred, the cartoon Bonnie. honeymooners. This is the cartoon honeymoon, exactly what it was. Brian says sequels are almost always awful, they're motivated by profit more than inspiration. Empire Strikes Back is an outlier, uh, far surpassing a new hope. And Betty Rubble and Mary Jane all day, gotcha. Um. Why I uh working with Mary Jane. Why is that uh Mary Jane? I don't know. I don't remember, uh I don't remember Mary Jane. Um uh but okay, that's fine. That got me on like track. That. Sequels. Yeah, thanks, sorry. Uh the Godfather part two obviously is up there uh yeah, for sequels that were good. And look, I'm gonna tell you this. Y'all are gonna laugh. Ma- Maverick, the top gun sequel, even though it's 30 years later, that was a hell of a movie. I mean, I I have not had a more fulfilling, enjoyable uh, movie experience uh, than watching Maverick uh, when it came out like last spring in a while. So that's the deal there. Uh, <laughs> 76 is meet George Jetson, his boy Satterfield. <laughs> Satterfield is Elroy Jetson. Hey, Elroy was pretty smart. I mean, not just, you know, inside his own mind. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, Saunders says their entire service is down in Charleston that seek out non-wedding versions of items like renting wedding chairs costs 20, but renting event chairs is three. It's nuts. <laughs> Don't forget the Elk Lodge. Yeah, yeah. The Grand Poobah and the Flintstone. Poobah. Yeah, I remember that. The Godfather 2 was a masterpiece. Um, Austin says, I went through Billy G. Sweet Heat. Y'all sent me immediately. It was awesome on everything. I'm going to have to win some rub next time. Yeah, I'm the rub's getting a little low. I, I, I give those Billy, Billy G sent me like two K three cases of everything uh, as a donation for Carolina rise. I give it out to people that give money and stuff uh, and also prizes on the show. But uh, he, uh, he's a great dude. I remember when he had, he had a little barbecue place that was open for lunch in Columbia, uh, kind of bank of America building down toward the end of main street for a while when I lived there. And I used to go there for lunch and just roll the brisket. I mean, it was, it was really, really good. Uh, and so, and I'm really happy. He's a good guy. Bill Gauls played, I think, played basketball in Carolina. So he's he's a great Gamecock, great guy. Um, if you can find it, do it. Uh, Joel says, harder to sell, sat offense or Amway? I'm going to go with the offense. <laughs> There's people that, that, that do well selling Amway, you know. So Lance says, got to see something tweaked this weekend. Just want to see some flow and tempo. We all do, Lance. Yeah, man, we all got do. score. Win the yeah. game. That's what that hurt, that last weekend hurt my heart, and it was a weird deal, man. It was kind of like the previous two weeks. I just kind of knew Carolina was going to win. Uh, I don't want to say I knew Carolina was going to lose. I was just more hope hopeful that they didn't against right. Missouri. Um, and usually, man, like I got my little pregame routine, watching it on TV. I'll sit there watch games on my porch and. Uh, grill out, have a few adult beverages. The the fiance makes a spread. You know, we got little smokies. I mean, it's not a party if you don't have little smokies. But we have little smokies and and and, and potato salad and all this great stuff, right? Um, and 
you know, the, the, those last two games, I mean, and obviously it was at Kentucky, but A&M, you know, I'm just sitting there, no, no doubt in my mind they're going to win. You know, I was like, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, this, that, and the other. The matchups against Missouri were fundamentally different because I thought their strengths were Carolina's weaknesses, and then Lloyd goes out. It just was – and I sat there before the game, Phil, and it was like – I'm usually, like, fired up, you know, 10 minutes in time, and I'll maybe play some – Music, maybe play a big old cock song or something on my porch, you know, annoy the neighbors because they're like, That's that guy's, he's got that cock song that's, you know, goodness gracious. That's explicit. That's explicit, but no, that's they don't know. But, you know, I'm usually pretty excited about the watch game. Didn't feel anything, felt numb before the Missouri game, just numb. Yeah, I was just, I was increasingly nervous. Uh, it, it was anxiety I was feeling as the day as the game drew closer and closer, and I was just like, "Oh, I just I didn't say anything. I wouldn't, you know, I just kept it to myself." <laughs> a weird feeling. And, and this this game, I'm not. I like, feel like better was, about this. I do, and I, I expected to have some like straight up anxiety about this one. You know, mm-hmm. just maybe because of what happened last year, because. You know, if they had beaten Missouri, it sort of sets up for a letdown because you got a big game at the Swamp the next week and all that. But I, um, you know, I, I, losing to Missouri almost made me feel better about Vandy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the <laughs> I team mean, responds well to adversity. Uh, you know, yeah. that's what makes me feel better about it because now we're not having to, you know, learn how to deal with success. We're, we're in a familiar territory for ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Not with as sad as it is, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, as sad as it is, that's where we are right now. Uh, HMAS has got to keep Mike right in check. I agree, and uh, no, I'll say no. this if you keep him in check, though, you got to deal with AJ Swan too in the passing game because he's mm-hmm. good. So, um, Craig says, Sounds weird, but I feel better because we lost about this week. Me too, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's a strange feeling. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just don't, you know, I don't know. I, I think I think this game sets up kind of, you know, like it reminds me of the game after another disappointing home loss. This was a home game against Louisiana Tech uh, in 2017. Now, the Gamecocks could have lost, should, should have lost that game to Skip Holtz's mm-hmm. Louisiana Tech team. Uh, Jake and Brian Edwards had a pretty good uh, rally there at the end. Uh, and they won 17-16. Uh, I, I, I hope this game isn't that scary. Uh, Saturday, but you know, I, I it kind of reminds you know I, I felt going into Louisiana Tech they would win, and I, I feel like that uh, as well. Um, over under on how many times Todd Ellis calls him Mike White instead of Mike Wright? <laughs> Touchdown, Mike White! Oh, hurt me. Well, let's hope not. <laughs> hurt me. Uh, H-Man says, "Yeah, now, but we have to scramble for a bowl." Yeah, but you win the next two. Yeah, you only yeah. got you only got to win one. The scramble yeah. is only one. And I don't know. As long as it's not Birmingham, <laughs> uh, I think everybody'd be fine. There's two bowls now before Christmas, which are kind of interesting because uh, that means I could maybe go to one of them. But the Las Vegas Bowl, uh, which I think if A and M becomes bowl eligible and gets to six and six, mm-hmm. that would be a logical team for the Vegas Bowl to take. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because they're going to travel, because there's a million of those billions of those Aggies out there, you know, um, and all that. But uh, if they don't, you know, South Carolina would probably be just as good as any other other team, you know, uh, for out there. And that's December seventeenth, 
big bowl weekend that weekend. Uh, and then the Gasparilla Bowl, which I can't even believe I'm talking about right now, uh, is December 23rd. So, uh, God, Gasparilla Bowl, we disappointed. That's the other Tampa Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah the, the lesser it's Tampa the, Bowl. The lesser Tampa Bowl that UCF mm-hmm. played. Hey, hey, they had a great had a great one last year, though. UCF played Florida, and it was packed at Raymond James Stadium. Um, uh, Cynical Aries says, JC, would you please get in the box with a headset and yell at Sat in your Ellis voice when he doesn't have our playmakers out there? Oh, Herbie, get your email in the game. Oh, where's oh, Juice? Oh, my God. Daddy-O. Oh, my God. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, rally, rally package. Boom. <laughs> Stick your face in the fan and like it, clown. <laughs> Seven to five is probably Music City Bowl, Belk Bowl, Gator Bowl. Belk, yeah, but keep in mind, Zach, Belk is off the table this year. And it, it, it's confusing because the pandemic year of 2020 was the first year they started the, the, the new deal. And I don't think there was a, a Charlotte Bowl or a Vegas Bowl. Uh, so what happens now is in odd number of years, the SEC teams go to Charlotte and the Big Ten goes to Vegas. In even number of years, the SEC goes to Vegas and the Big Ten comes to Charlotte. So uh, at the very least, Carolina will avoid Charlotte, right? Uh, so that's good because I know because you open the season next year in Charlotte against UNC. Uh, but that's um, – you know, that's the thing. H-Man says, hey, I'd love to win multiple games down the stretch, but this is probably the last one you could say we should win. I don't – you know, I want to see what Florida does against A&M. They're kind of in a spiral right now. And they had another guy transfer, and they they, lost, they kicked Britton Cox off. They don't play good defense at all. Uh, them and Vandy are kind of down there with, you know, unfortunately, Arkansas. <laughs> and – uh and uh, Texas and some of the other, you know, lesser defensive teams, and you know, they, they've kind of been banged up on that side. I, I think with Florida, anybody in the league can beat them, uh, including Vanderbilt. Uh, if Anthony Richardson's off, if he's on, they're a little they're tougher to beat. You got to outscore them. I don't see the Gamecocks outscoring anybody. Um, so that's going to be an interesting game. I, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, it, it, people think about it. It's like well. You know, it's Florida, but it's it's really a a shell of a Florida, your normal Florida team. You yeah. know, Napier Napier's going to have to recruit. They could legitimately finish four and eight. Uh, and I was talking to Mike Morgan uh, on the JC Morgan podcast. By the way, we got a new episode that dropped, and he was talking about Florida. Uh, everything he hears from his Gator friends, and Mike's a, Mike's a UF graduate and spends a lot of time in West Palm Beach. Is all about recruiting. Their fan base is just checked out on the season. I mean, they're just all about recruiting and NIL and how do we get players in here and all that good stuff. And obviously that's why they fired Dan Mullen because of recruiting and brought in Napier and uh, shoot. They lost a five-star corner out of Lakeland for those that don't know. And and look, this is just a commit. I I have a feeling this kid maybe will flip because it's Lakeland and Florida just does not let guys go from Lakeland. That is a Gator stronghold. Uh, it's also one of the worst towns I've ever had to spend like a weekend. But it did. Uh, I thought with where he was in Florida that the, yeah. this, the only thing that pulled it was like, I mean, this reeks of NIL. <laughs> it, it does, but Florida, and, and that's the that's the second time the Gators, uh, and the Gators have a robust NIL collective. I mean, it's not like they're, they're down, it's not mm-hmm. like South Carolina. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, we need, you know, to 
build our collectives out a little more. It's, it's, uh, it's big, I mean, millions of dollars in there. I think, mm-hmm. uh, now is it as much as the guy Ruiz from Miami's willing to fork out? I don't know, but, um, yeah. you know, there's something going on down there, uh, with, with that, but I, I'm just saying, you know, it is at the swamp that there is the gator, the script gators on the helmet, you know, uh, it's going to be tough, but I, I, you know, and we'll talk about the game, obviously a lot next week. We're going to get, uh, get some some Gator media on to talk with we'll us next week. Gator some folks, Gator, nice, yeah, Gator mm-hmm. folks, and and all that. But uh, I'm not conceding that. I, I really understand Tennessee is going to be difficult. Uh, but you know what? I also talked with a, a contact last night. There's going to be a ton of great recruits on campus for that. Uh, so show up loud and proud. Cheer, cheer the best you can, and you know, hope for the best. And, and, the best. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I'm curious to see this Clemson Notre Dame game this weekend. A lot of people are picking the Irish to upset the Tigers. Uh, they are uh, picking up some steam. Notre Dame is, uh, yeah, geez, they beat Syracuse yeah. pretty well. Yeah, beat Syracuse. Beat Syracuse. I mean, well. they, they, you lost to Marshall, but you know, they've come back. <laughs> yeah. Come back and lost a Marshall and a bad Stanford team at home. Yeah, Stanford too. Yeah, the trees. I forgot about that. Quantrell says, watched the basketball team last night. I know it's exhibition, but the freshmen look great. Zachary Davis may be an NBA guy. Uh, He's got the kind of skill set. You know, they like those tall guards that can shoot um, and all that. Ball movement and three-pointers, Quantrell says. All right. Oh, there's Meredith. Uh, What's up? What's up, Gamecock Nation? Beat Vandy. Once again, uh, we, we had an ad, we have an ad up at the beginning of the scroll. You can get Meredith's uh, gear that she's got a gear shop going, and uh, Phil will tell you after the next break about uh, all of the uh, exciting things she's doing with her lessons and stuff like that. We're going to get her back on really soon. I exchanged texts with her the other day and, and all that good stuff. Smith says anywhere but Charlotte, mm-hmm. please. Uh, Smith, I can guarantee you they're not going to Charlotte. Uh, it'll be a team from yeah. the Big Ten going to Charlotte. Um, if I never see another Belk commercial, I will be happy. Man, my grandmother used to work at Belk's. Mine too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that, Mine Phil. Too. Yeah, man. I, I, I actually blamed uh I actually blamed Belk. Or, or not blamed, but I think Belk is the reason that I like the Dave Matthews band. Because think about it, Phil. When they were pushing us around in belks and our strollers when we were kids, what was playing? The music that and Dave Matthews, you pick it up, you got the drums and thing. It's like it's got you know, bright, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so that's crazy. <laughs> um Lakeland and Lake City or Gator backyard. Spiller was a lake. Spiller was close. He was um Butler Union County, it's it's right around that same area, uh, lakes the Lake City area more so than Lakeland. Um, Clemson did get Demarcus Bowman out of Lakeland, a five star running back, and then he promptly left, and then I think he went to Florida, and he may have left again. But uh, that's the deal there. Florida will be a seven point favorite. Craiger says I tend to agree that if I had to predict the opening spread, that would be it. Uh, Saunders said, first credit card I ever got was a belt card to buy a Cam Newton suit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> H-Man says, Notre Dame's a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. Me too. Cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame. They either play respectable or lose inexplicably from week to week. Beat the fool out of Syracuse, though. Yeah, dude, they beat they beat Syracuse, and then they had – who they beat? North Carolina. 
Uh, I don't think North Carolina's lost, but to them, uh, I think North Carolina. I think North Carolina's seven and one right now. Um, and so, and Notre, but Notre Dame went to Chapel Hill and beat them. They went to Q's and beat them. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Uh, Clemson, Clemson's handled them pretty good, but keep it. But the last time they did come to South Bend was 2020 during the pandemic, and they lost 47 40. So I don't know. We will see. Kruger says Notre Dame can only run it, and that's what Clemson stops. Agreed. Daddy mm-hmm. <laughs> says Notre Dame is due. So we'll see that there. But um, yeah, lots of good games this weekend. That Notre Dame Clemson is intriguing to me. Uh, obviously, it's kind of like a semifinal Saturday in the Southeastern Conference, Phil, because you have yeah. to think the winner of Georgia Tennessee is going to win the East. Um, I I don't know that they clinch because they, they don't really have. I mean, Tennessee's got Carolina, Georgia's got Mississippi State. I suppose something could go a you know haywire with one of those two games. But uh, you know, basically, I think Georgia Tennessee is is the for the East. Um, yeah. I have, I'm friends with uh, a family, actually, of a girl I used to date. We just all became friends and, and, and all that. Half of them are Georgia, half are Tennessee. And her mom, her mom, we call her Mama Sherry, is the biggest Tennessee fan ever. And she's like, I ain't going. I was like, why? Well, I just, I'd, I'd curse a dog out if I'm, I, I just don't, I can't do it. I curse I a do dog it. out. I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the couch with my Bloody Mary and I'm going to enjoy it right here. <laughs> and there's more expletives in there too. Mama Sherry, sure. she does not give a flying flip about what anybody thinks. Great woman though, always mm-hmm. sends me a card all the time. But half that fence, so it's like a, it's like a civil war. You know, it's it's like a family feud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with, with those two, and then LSU, Bama, all of a sudden is for the West. Yeah, the winner controls their own destiny. Yeah, I mean LSU's gotten up off the map. Brian Kelly, it's in Baton Rouge, so. Those are going to be good. You know, Carolina, it's almost kind of nice. Carolina Vandy's on at the same time a lot of these other games are on. So he's, he's you know, kind of in our secret little viewing hut, you know, <laughs> and all that. But uh, Quantrissa's random, but my grandma's a Notre Dame fan because that's what was the only team she's able to watch on TV. Kind of like Braves and Cubs fans all over the country. But yeah, that's it was on the Cubs fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. NBC for years. I, I always liked Notre Dame. My dad used to talk about Notre Dame because he used to talk about Lou Holtz. And Tony Rice is from Woodruff, South Carolina, which is in Spartanburg County, which is very close to, uh, to where I grew up. Um, it's always I've always kind of had an affinity for them. And I'm not a Notre Dame hater. And my fiance is a huge Notre Dame fan, like huge. Like she got mad. New Year's Day. Seriously. I mean, I've never, you know, this is what makes her great. Um, You know, like Oklahoma State in the bowl game came back and beat them in the Fiesta Bowl last year. She got mad, turned off the TV, wouldn't talk to me for an hour, and would not mention the words Notre Dame for like two weeks. Finally, somebody said something, and she was like, I'm mad at them. And I'm I'm like, she was like really mad, like really ticked off. Uh, so anyway, but I'm sure she'll, uh, <laughs> she calls Clemson the potatoes, the potatoes, the potatoes, potatoes. Nice. Oh man. So I, I can't wait to hear her in the other room. Like stupid potatoes. You know. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. This Gregor says, don't say Notre Dame clown. <laughs> 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 don't say Notre Dame clown. That's right. 
But yeah, that'll be good. Dos Bandidos. Crazy, says, you're kidding. They're getting a Starbucks and Woodruff? What? <laughs> well, heck, man, last time I went through Woodruff, it kind of, I don't know, dried up. It wasn't It wasn't as thriving as maybe I once remember it. But uh, I I'll never forget when Woodruff High School burnt down, REO Speedwagon <laughs> came and did a show in Woodruff yep. to rebuild the high school. <laughs> Die for you. Dun, 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 dun. I can't sing R.I.S. Speedwagon. Um, a cynical, you take care as well. He said he has to hit the pause and finish watching later. Great. Oh, yeah, we'll see you later, man. Yeah. Craig yeah. makes a good point. Some Georgia Tennessee tickets this morning, $450 to $5,000. Yeah, that's up. Yeah, I saw, yeah, the, just the get in price was hovering right around 500 bucks. Dude. Well, you know, historically, I mean, God, this this game, this Tennessee Georgia game, there's probably more at stake in this game than maybe there's been since like Fulmer was there and Rick was early on in his career. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, because this this Tennessee has obviously has not been very good, and then some years when Tennessee wins, like Lane Kiffin beat Georgia pretty good <laughs> in '09. That wasn't a very good Georgia team. So uh, I don't remember a Tennessee Georgia game with this much at stake, Phil. Like no, the whole you, time. No, you can argue that this is a de facto, you know, not just SEC, you know, not just Atlanta trip, but a de facto playoff trip. Because you got to assume the other one's not, you know, whoever wins this game is not going to lose. Even if you take a loss to a one-loss SEC champion out of the West, you're probably still sneaking in in that fourth spot, being the number two. It'll be I think, interesting because it's got to play out just right, you know? <laughs> I, I, yeah, it would have to. I, I think Georgia could be, if they lose, could be out. Because yeah. um, I, I think Tennessee loses and still sits there at 11-1, and one, you know, that they don't have they, – they won't take a loss in the uh, SEC championship game because they won't be going. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so can they sneak in the fourth seed of the playoff? I don't know. That's going to get really thick, I think, mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. interesting. Um, with that, I, I think LSU is going to have to win out and win the whole kit and caboodle in the SEC to get in the playoff. But uh, oh yeah, for sure, they've already got two losses. But uh, you know, and, and the thing, the reason Tennessee's number one because you look at it and like, well, LSU's really good now, and they thump them. Kentucky, apparently, people keep ranking. I don't know why, but uh, you know, they thump them. They had a big, like, nice road win at Pitt. Uh, they beat Alabama. I mean, they've mm -hmm. had some quality, quality wins. Um, beat the Gators. I don't know if that's a quality win or not, but, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, Queasy says Woodruff is on the rise. Yes, sir. Nice. I've heard that. I've got a couple of cousins that live out in that area, and they're like, well, it just ain't the same. <laughs> you know, you know Wood Woodruff's near Reedville. You know, Reedville, where mm -hmm. uh, you know, I grew up. My buddy Jamie Ray lives out in Reedville. Don't mess with Reedville, man. Uh, they're getting a downtown in Reedville or some some kind of like little, you know, mixed use development or something. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It just ain't the same out here, Woodruff. There's Three Pines Country Club still out there. That's that's all I'd care about, you know. Uh, H Man says, Is TCU going to get screwed like they did a few years ago? Yes. Yep. Yep. Probably will. Yep. They're already shafting TCU. Boy, I'd be mm -hmm. mad about that because it's like, you know, if it was Texas or Oklahoma, they wouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're giving Alabama a lot of credit for beating a 
pretty average as grits Texas team. I'll say this though. The Big 12 has so like the Big 12 is probably the most competitive conference top to bottom this year. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like their style of football. I never have, blah, blah, blah. But they, I mean, you know, you look everybody from Kansas on, you know, Kansas, Baylor, you know, Iowa State's the, the worst team in the league record-wise, and they've lost like a bunch of close games and have a stellar defense. So, you know, if TCU gets through it, I can't imagine the committee leaving them out. If they get through the Big 12 undefeated, that means they'll have to go undefeated against their entire conference uh, with a lot of good teams. Uh, And then they'll have to beat somebody like, I don't know who second place would be, Baylor, Kansas State, whoever. That'd be somebody twice, you know, because that's how the Big 12 works. So I just can't see them leaving the the horny toads out, you know. Uh, You got to think, let's see, if you get an undefeated SEC championship, automatic bid. Undefeated Big 10 champion, automatic bid. Uh, where do you go from there? One loss SEC loser gonna get in, probably. Mm, probably undefeated Clemson and out of the ACC. And is the fourth one, so yeah. The question is, do you take an undefeated TCU over a one loss, say, Tennessee? Mm, that's gonna be tough, or or do you take them? I mean, look, honestly, can you justify taking uh undefeated Clemson over undefeated TCU? Because uh, I think, thing, but yeah, they you're just doing it uh, based on history. You're not doing it on schedule strength. Because there's no way nope. TCU's schedule is uh, is inferior to Clemson's. I, I couldn't believe the committee people were like Clemson's fourth based on strength of schedule. I know. I'm like, what, dude? You're, you're, you're <laughs> based on based on Syracuse. He that's must really love Wake did. Forest, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Go and uh, yeah, <laughs> Dabo knocks it. It's like you know, it's like it's just all dramatic. And then Dabo, and then they get the NFL films for us. Dabo Sweeney knocks off coaching legend Dino Bevers <laughs> on any given Saturday. Any given Saturday, Will Ship- Shipley can run through the mighty Syracuse defense. <laughs> all you Clemson people that are tuning in and, and you know we call them giraffes on the message board because they just they, they look like lean their heads they're over and, their neck yeah <laughs> hey guys the giraffes uh, I'm, I'm just messing with you i'm just messing with you, i'm just messing with you uh for bad respect for you know beating syracuse the other day got up off the mat and got it done um all right queasy says the playoff goes through south carolina i hope we beat tennessee and clemson we we play a pivotal role in this. Should we choose to accept it? <laughs> Don't, tease. Don't tease me, Queasy. Don't tease me. All right, we we got to hit the final break here. This game has been a lot of fun, or this day has been a lot of fun. This episode's been a lot of fun. I'm, I, yeah, I, I thought I kind of got a little. I don't know. I didn't feel my happy, normal self yesterday. I was just kind of. Eh, eh, eh. I've been kind of on the message. Whenever I'm on the message boards, like debating. I'm automatically in a worse mood, you know. But you know, different. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> rah, 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 you know. Anyway, we'll be back. Final break here. Back over these messages inside the Game Pass the ship.
If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Game. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks, JC. Hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts. But I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> 
I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or HeritageDigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. All right, we're back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Inside. I don't know what happened there. Like, it should not have unmuted you, but eh, whatever. <laughs> Oh, man. Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you by the Burgess and team Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email a b e r g e s o n at remax.net. Um, also, Meredith Taylor, she is running a promotion on her website now for her gear. If you use the promo code McKellar, you get it without any shipping fee, free shipping. McKellarEnterprises.org. Use the promo code McKellar for free shipping. And don't forget our Twitter contest. And to the chat boxers, it is Twitter only. You must like, not like, but you must follow Sawyer Nix. As well as at the Big Spur Pod. And send us to your game predictions for Saturday. So long as you get them in before kickoff is where we'll cut it off. <laughs> and I'll, I'll uh, tell yeah, yeah, get yeah, it. In no, send you a big Saturday. prize packet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The big prize packet. I'll say this too for the chat boxers since we love you. We do love you. Uh, I'll do a trivia question tomorrow for uh, some of that barbecue sauce and a signed baseball. How about that? Just uh, as a kind, can't give you the, you know, Sawyer, Sawyer helped put together the, pri- the big prize package for the Twitter contest, and that's fine because uh, he sponsored that. But for you guys in the chat box that aren't on Twitter, I will definitely uh, have a trivia question for you tomorrow, uh, as long as Phil reminds me. Uh, <laughs> I'm very forgetful. Um, all right. So, Queasy says, yeah, all right. So, H-Man says, I can't remember which game it was, K-U-T-C-U. But one of those big 12 games was one of the hardest-hitting games I saw all year. They were killing each other. Yeah, I mean – Kansas State and Iowa State are two very physical teams in that league. And, you know, if Texas and Oklahoma are going to step up and be physical, uh, and they're only going to be there for a little while longer, uh, then uh, somebody else has to play big boy football out there, right? Baylor's very physical, too. They've, they've kind of – Oklahoma State's had a, some good defensive teams, too. Uh, but I, I love Kansas State's coach, man. He was like a D2 baller. You know, I think he was – a one of the Dakotas, one of the Dakota schools, Chris Kleiman. Uh, he just wins. That's all he does. He's got Adrian Martinez at his, as his quarterback, uh, who was at Nebraska for 37 years and, and has, has somehow has more has eligibility left, and he's turned the guy into a superstar. Um, Trung says, why Juju over Bell doesn't make sense, but nothing makes sense. I, I have a feeling if Lloyd is out Saturday – uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and tell you that uh, it is questionable. Uh, it was it looked great earlier in the week. Uh, I don't know if he re-aggravated it. it. It's a funny injury that he's got because he can go some of the time, but then not some of the time. So I would call – I would put Lloyd, unfortunately, guys, because uh, I said all week, as long as I got Marshawn Lloyd, they're going to be fine. Uh, I would say it's questionable. I, I, w- I would put him in, qu- in the questionable category. If this were the NFL, he would be questionable. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, that's unfortunate that kind of, uh, 
boy, that puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the offense. I'll tell you that right now, man. Woo, shoe buddy. Um, you know, uh, that's the deal there. So I don't know. You know, I, I know this is more than likely going to equate to us seeing a lot more of Bell in the backfield, which I get. I do. But what what about Rashad Amos? Where's he? I know he's doing some special teams. What about, you know, Turbo Miller? How about well, Turbo, I would, you know. I would I'd throw him in, man. I, I you would, know, uh, right? you know, Sal was talking, almost alluded to the fact maybe Xavier Leggett would get some carries. Uh, I, I, I don't know that you need to do that. I think you just need to, like, play someone other than – I mean, if Christian Bill Smith's not healthy – I don't I don't think Bill Smith's healthy. I, I don't, I don't I, either, I, He's yeah, a step man. slow. Uh, runs like a freight train, but steps slow. I I don't know that you you pull out the grab bag of ball carriers. You know, I I think you, you have guys. I mean, you know, Dante Miller's really good back. Rashad Amos is a good back. I, I don't know. You know, last I checked on Lavasia Carroll, he was uh, progressing nicely. You're you're deep there uh, beyond like the three guys that you you choose to play. Uh, and you can also give Jaheim the ball. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah, I think yeah. that's what he wants is the ball. So <laughs> give me the ball. So I, I don't, you know, I, I think I think that puts a lot of a lot of pressure on the rest of the offense if Lloyd is out. But I'd rather him rest up this week and be back for the swamp the next week because yeah. I think your chances of beating Florida go way way down without him. Um, I think Vanderbilt's bad, and Florida's bad on defense too. Don't get me wrong, but I think I think Vanderbilt, you know, there there's yards to be had through the air against them. And this is another thing I hope, Phil, like all this Jaheim Bell stuff this week. You know, I hope to to, to all that's holy, and, and this is this is my sneaky suspicion, uh, which will set us up for a struggling game this weekend. That that it's not a situation where, all right, we're just going to give it to Jaheim thirty times and expect that we're going to win. You know, yeah, especially that, if you're running it with him, I, you know, they're very, Vandy's okay against the run. They're very vulnerable against the pass. Right, so yeah. it's not just Jaheim, it's Juice, it's Spencer Rattler, it's Austin Stogner, it's Josh Van. Uh, the whole passing game could, could really have a get well game, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think up in Nashville, but, you know, who knows what the plan will ultimately be. Right, here's the thing you get, you've got, in a situation like this where your number one running back's going down, you've got an incredible weapon in DeCarrion Joiner back yeah. there who can take snaps. But not only that, my man can throw the football. Yeah. <laughs> and we saw Joiner to Bell produce some, you know, big time results. And yeah. you know, that that might be worth a shot too. I, I don't know. You know, we're not calling it. So, <laughs> not calling it. Clint, Clint mentions DJ Twitty on short yardage. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Right. Uh, Cartwright says, I've heard Amos is a fumble machine. He did fumble the one carry he got, yeah, but that was one true. carry, Cartwright. So maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Uh, Sonder is Carroll so far off the two deep. Maybe it makes sense Georgia wanted him to play corner. Um, no, it, it was always going to take Lavoisier a year to get back in kind of the running back mold. Uh, not that, you know, man, really he should have gotten, I don't know. I mean, he can't, he, if he's, if he transfers again, he's got to sit out, but I kind of felt like in, in those, that SC state and 
Charlotte game, you know, get get that guy some carries, you know, and uh, and, and I'm, I'm glad Dante Miller got carries because I like Dante Miller, but uh, rotate him in, you know. I mean, and it I don't I don't like the fact that Amos hadn't played since he fumbled. I mean, if he's fumbling all over the place in practice, it's fine. Yeah, I get that too, but yeah, but, it's it's only once. I mean, you know, and yeah. and Lloyd's fumbled, and Juju fumbled, and everybody. You know, I mean, everybody's everybody fumbled. everybody coughs up the ball every once in a while. Craig says, "Did Carroll forget how to run the ball?" No, I, I actually, you know, I don't think it's a bad idea getting him going. Now, since it's a, it's a road game, you also have to take keep in mind you you can't you don't tra- you can't travel as many as you can dress out at home. No, that's true. Um, yeah. yeah, so the, you got a travel roster that you have to kind of fit guys into, and you need enough depth at all these other positions. So uh, I don't know that you carry five running backs with you. So Quantrill goes with Lane Kiffin rumors to Auburn. Which job do you think is better, Ole Miss or Auburn? Factoring in NIL, AU, and distance to Atlanta is why I go with them. Yeah, Auburn, yeah. Auburn's got way more resources than Ole Miss. Um, uh, better Auburn's job. also – Better program, yeah. <laughs> better better job, better program, close to Atlanta. The the problem with them now is a, a lot like what people say about South Carolina. They're kind of sandwiched between two yeah. giants. I mean, they used to not have uh, a national championship level Georgia to the east, and then you know when Alabama before Saban got there, uh, and even even since Saban's been there, you know they they compete with Alabama pretty good. I mean they 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 kind of. That game is usually pretty competitive, no matter what the records are. Um, I think that uh, if you're talking about Auburn versus Ole Miss, I mean, uh, if they swipe Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss, that's the second coach in the last uh, 23 years they've taken from Ole Miss because Tommy Tuberville was at Ole Miss and went to Auburn. (laughs) (laughs) Auburn, Auburn's just like, okay, we're going to go to the state of Mississippi and we're taking the AD, who's a Mississippi State grad, and can coach baseball there, played baseball. He's a Mississippi State lifer. We're going to take their AD, War Eagle, uh, and then we're going to go to Ole Miss and take Lincoln, yep. War Eagle. Steal one from each of them. Take that, and, Mississippi. <laughs> and, and, and just to show you guys, the from a South Carolina standpoint, how this thing at Auburn is, is ugly right now, and they're terrible in recruiting, and Harson was a boring, terrible hire. Uh, they got 13 million sitting in an NIL collective ready to go for the new coach. Yeah, they're ready. Yeah, yeah. South Carolina doesn't have close to that. So, uh, and, and the reason that matters is number one, South Carolina and Auburn recruit a lot of the same guys out of, especially out of the state of Georgia. Uh, number two, uh, Auburn is you know a team that's not always on the schedule. But that's going to change here in a couple of years. You'll, you'll be playing them at least every other year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that's uh, – you, you don't – it's not good for South Carolina for Auburn to figure everything out, right? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Jeff Fowler says play to carry on. Who knows? Uh, Don says I think very few skill guys are going to play early in this offense. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, maybe there's only four more games, man. Four more games. Yeah, like, like I'm surprised, like, you know, I, I think Landon Sampson, the freshman receiver, needs to get heavier and stronger, you know, to go out and play. But uh, I, I'm surprised we hadn't seen him. He was in, you know, he, he's a great route runner, all that good stuff. But, um, you know, Saunders says lumber money. 
is almost as good as old money, I guess. Yellowwood. Um, Yellowwood's pretty good. And Bobby Louder of, of whatever bank it is, Regions Bank or whatever, you know. Mm. They, they, Auburn's got some big spenders, man. Oh, they, yeah. But they don't like to be told no. And they don't, they don't you know, uh, it's crazy. Quantrillis didn't realize how close Auburn was. So I just looked at the back. It's damn near in Georgia. Yeah, it's basically in yeah. West Georgia. Yeah, you that's why it was crazy. They didn't move them to the east and during expansion. Yeah. I mean, I get why that didn't happen, but, you know, it's nuts. <laughs> well, and, and their fans, they're, they're, they used to play Florida every year. They don't like Florida. They don't like Tennessee. And then they didn't, after, you know, expansion, the, they played the Gators every year for a long time when there were two permanent opponents. But then mm-hmm. that went off. And so, I mean, they had much, they, they've played like Florida and Tennessee much more than they've played like LSU. Uh, or the Mississippi's, um, but yeah, you go down I eighty five, keep going, keep going, keep going, go through Lagrange, whatever, all that. You cross the Alabama state line into Central Time, and you're two exits from Auburn, the loveliest little village on the plains. Uh, now, the the brutal drive that I've made is from Nashville to Auburn. You go to Birmingham and take a ride on this crowded state highway. Uh, and you go through the middle of nowhere and then uh, across a lake and through the woods to grandmother's house we go and uh, and then you're there. But I, I, I had a heck of a karaoke night with my buddy Joel in Opelika, Alabama at a, uh, a, a, a I guess we we're staying at like a travel lodge with a with one of those bars, you know, the travel lodge used to have yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the lounge. That's right. You, you got the picture of the martini glass neon outside and uh, Christmas lights and velvet carpet. And they're having karaoke that night. Uh, and one thing struck me, this is the night before the 05 Carolina-Auburn game. What struck me that night is we're in Opelika, which is right beside Auburn, right? And 70% of the people at that bar were Alabama fans. <laughs> Yelling, roll tide. Roll tide. I, I mean, that's, that's, how, that's how that state rolls, man. There's just not very many. I mean, they're, they're, Alabama dominates that state, but uh, – that's the thing. Senator Kiffin confirmed. <laughs> um, uh, Craig says, does this help or hurt us with love and the firing? They, you know, they're going to try to get him back on campus. They're still trying to get him. Uh, I think a lot with love depends on who they hire and what that relationship ends up being like. Cause I'd, Auburn's got a lot of help with him. Uh, now South Carolina has got, you know, some people that bring him to South Carolina as well, but uh, they've got, a, they've got a lot of help with him, you know? So I think it just kind of depends on, uh, his comfort level with the new staff. Uh, and I'll, that's just being honest with that. I'd love for South Carolina to, to land him because I think he's a heck of a player. Um, and he's kind of that guy, you know, 6'3", 195. They, they want to grow him into a linebacker. Uh, and I, he'd be kind of the other linebacker, quote, unquote, in the class, big nickel kind of deal. But uh, I don't know. I, I think I, I, I would like to tell you that, you know, it was like this normal recruitment where, okay, coach is gone. I'm flipping, uh, but it's not, it's uh, Auburn's got more going for it there than maybe uh, just Harson, which isn't, just shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean, you know, most kids are not going to want to commit to watching paint dry. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the thing. Jared says concerned about Isaiah Jonathan. No, uh, that's one that I'm not, I'm not concerned about at all. Uh, you know, that's, uh, I think they reached out to him because that staff is really West coast oriented. It's really where they belong. And Jada's out there in Utah at the junior college. And, 
Uh, he's from San Diego. So I, I think that's why Auburn offered that kid uh, just because, you know, they, they probably knew of him. Uh, but that's the staff that just got punted. And they punted everybody. They punted the recruiting guy. Like, he's gone. Yeah, they're starting fresh. I mean, they burnt yeah. that house down. Let me just tell you one thing. Oh, it's, and the, ye- the Yellowwood guy comes in with a daggum big yellow hat, like Curious George, the man in the big yellow hat with a, with a toothpick and you're like, or, or, or like a, a cigarette, Clint Eastwood, you know? All buddied up like, with Cadillac. <laughs> everybody's fired. You're yeah. fired. And, and somebody back there says, what? Oh, you're fired too. You know, War, War, War Eagle. <laughs> He rolled in there like Elon Musk. Like Elon Musk and Twitter. <laughs> um, Quantrell says, are our safety concerns cured with the freshman back there and learning? Seems we got two bookends for the future. Been impressed. Yeah. So our starters go, you know, and, and David Spalding's back there too, and he's got some time left. And then they got some younger guys that are uh, in this 2022 class that they like too, that haven't played a whole lot, that can play some safety. So I – I think they're good there. I think corner is going to figure itself out. Um, Anthony Rose is is redshirting this year. It's like an academic redshirt, which means uh, he qualified to get in, but he has to redshirt, you know, grades wise. And and Rose is, Rose was that kid that went to four different high schools in four years. So sometimes when you transfer that much, you know, your transcripts get a little iffy. Uh, but pe- people ask me. All the time, what happened to Anthony Rose? Academic red shirt this year, so, but he's a corner. They like him at corner at six three and a half or whatever. Keenan Nelson, Kawan Banks, uh, and then they got some safety. Uh, they got some defensive backs coming in, you know, with this class as well. So I think it'll be good. Now, if they get in the portal and find a corner that I think, assuming Cam Smith moves on, which I think he will, uh, the corner that can help them, they, they may do that. Um, but I, yeah, very impressed with Nick Emanuari and DQ Smith all year. Uh, and it, it's just kind of one of those things that, that you scratch your head about when, um, you know, you, you had all those safeties come in from under Muschamp, some transfers came in and stuff. It didn't work out. And it's hard to find safeties going all the way back to, to the whammy defense year, the post-safety year, right? Post-safety. <laughs> 2014. Uh, you know, that's about eight years, right? Wow. Almost a dang decade. Carolina doesn't have safeties. Uh, and then lo and behold, you sign two three stars in your backyard in Columbia, and uh, they're studs. <laughs> you made stellar evaluation. <laughs> Nick Emanuare, I mean, he's not just like – see, when they signed him, I was like, Phil, he's, you know, 6'3", 220, big, long, lengthy kid. You could do a lot with him. But mm. I, I, I was like, he'll have to develop, you know. Right? Yeah, you're just thinking he's raw. He's going to come I, in raw. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was a great prospect. Did not know he was a great football player already. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of great football player, uh, physical, all over the field, great instincts, fast. Uh, one day he's going to pick one off back there and take it to the house, and you'll see how fast he is too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's. <laughs> That's a you know that's that's a that's a dude right there. And, yeah, you if you know, can't already tell how fast he is when he's making tackles at the line of scrimmage on running backs, you know? yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> uh, there hasn't been a freshman safety play like this since Co Simpson, I, I think. Uh, now Co had a lot of interceptions and th- big big blitzy plays uh, that Nick Nick's more of been like the blue collar guy, but but Co Co was a big time tackler too, mm-hmm. so that's a good deal. 
Um, Craiger says apparently Cam has a screw in his foot and is having surgery right after the season. That's why he played some nickel earlier. Well, I don't know. Uh, he, he's one that they're like calling for just BS, Cam Smith. I mean, <laughs> it, against AM, he did he he barely grazed the guy, right? And got called for holding. Or I mean, it was it was awful. But uh I think he's due too for a pick and a big play, something like that. Uh, really, really soon, Cam Smith. So maybe he'll get it uh, Saturday night up in Nashville. Um. Oh, Craiger also says talked to his girlfriend's mom at the Gamecock Walk. Said Cam's made over a million in NIL and has a Mercedes and an Audi. Nice, good. Yeah, that's that's exactly getting. what it's. I don't know. Supposed to do, supposed to be. You know, <laughs> like, well, a guy like Cam Smith deserve. You know, it, it's these these schools that go give them to high, give it to high school kids. Cam's yeah, that's that's what I don't understand is giving all these huge deals to unproven talent. Now, yeah. Cam Smith is like you know the prototypical, at least in my mind, the way NIL is supposed to work, and that you're a, a proven commodity. Um, and you're given the ability to, you know, make some money off of your talent and, you know, before you go to the league, cause you know, God forbid you get hurt as a senior and, you know, throw your knee out and, you know, and you take the Lattimore path, which so, for Marcus, cause you know, he'd have killed it. Oh, an NIL? Gosh. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Quantrust, it seems like the NIL program is working. Let's go Beamer. Yeah. That's, uh, and again, that's the Park Avenue thing for guys like Cam Smith, mm-hmm. the collective end that gives initial deals to you know incoming freshmen and stuff. That we Carolina's gonna we gotta work on that one. <laughs> uh, I don't want people to think it's all hunky dory because there's a competitive part of it that that impacts you know recruits and, and things like that when it comes to to some of these things. Not not you know you have millions of dollars at stake, but you got thousands. You know. Uh, with regards to what some of the other schools are actually doing. Um, Queasy says he works with Cam's girlfriend's mom. As he said, if Cam has made a million, I can only imagine how big Spencer's bank account is. Yeah, Rattler's He's not hurt for money, money, dude. He's made a ton of money. I mean, I went up first the first day, you know, because NIL's kind of new. First day when he signed, I went up bought Christmas presents for the fam up here. I bought a, like a, I bought five, like at least $500 worth of Rattler here. Because <laughs> you could do it. Uh, and I put the post up on the message board on the big spur. It had like 7,000 views. So uh, he, I think he sold out and then got the Gamecock stuff later. But uh, anyway, we got, we're out of time. Yeah. So we got to run here uh, inside the Gamecock the show on a Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow. Is Flint going to. Uh, he is. He's confirmed tomorrow? he uh, missed last week because he was at a golf tournament. But we are going to text him with him. He will join us tomorrow. Wando in the house tomorrow. We'll have uh, your predictions uh, right here on the chat box. And also, we'll keep reading the predictions. Uh, as part of our giveaway uh, for Carolina Vandy on Saturday. For Phil Mullinax, J.C. Sherbert, this has been Inside the Game Gamecocks' Show. Hope you have a wonderful day. We'll holler at you soon.